What's up, everyone, and welcome to the School District Podcast. My name is Adam. Welcome. This is my podcast. I'm the host, and I really hope you enjoy all the conversations I have with educators all over the world. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and share your favorite conversations with colleagues or anyone you think would enjoy. If you're looking for a book to read, I've written four Kids Deserve It, Run Like a Pirate, Empower Our Girls, and Teachers Deserve It. As you can imagine, they are all available on Amazon or wherever books are sold. And if you'd rather listen to the words than read them, Kids Deserve It is also on Audible as an audiobook. And if you're looking for a keynote speaker for some professional development or a kickoff with your staff or a conference, I would love to work with you. I've given well over 300 keynotes all across across North America with breakout sessions, coaching, leadership strands, ed tech, you name it, and I would love to work with you. You can email me directly, adamwelcome at gmail.com, or you can go to my website, mradamwelcome.com, for more information about speaking and also my other podcast and blog. Don <laughs> Wetrick, what's up, my man? Welcome to the podcast. Man, I'm excited to finally connect with you again. It's been a while. It's been a while, man. And like right when you hopped on the call, I just was was reminded that Don has the best podcasting voice. It's like this deep, <laughs> grovelly gravel. You know, I feel like it's just like you have like a voice made for podcasting, man. Which is funny because I'm all of five eight, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm only five nine, man. So yeah. we're like or eyeball to eyeball, make sure you're connecting with Don all across social. Don Wetrick, two T's. It's linked in the show notes as well. Founder, CEO of Start Ed Foundation, startedfoundation.org. Breaking down barriers for a new generation of innovators. Dude, you and I, you, we go back at least 10 years and I can't even remember where we first connected. We have the same- I think I do. We have the same publisher. You wrote the first book for Dave Burgess Consulting, Pure Genius. If you haven't read Pure Genius, it's a blue cover. It's an absolutely awesome book. It was the first book that DBC published. I think maybe that was some connection, but how did we first connect? Do you do you remember? I, I, I think it was um, uh, uh, Felix uh, Iacomino. Oh, yes. uh, and And because um, I got to know him and he's such a great guy. And one day he was like, ah, oh, blah, blah. And, you know, I'm talking with Adam and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he was talking so familiar. And he's like, you know, Adam. I'm like, no, I don't. He's like, well, I'm going to fix that right now. And I literally think on the spot, he sent an intro email and I'm 99% sure it was, it, it was then and there with Felix. So thank you, Felix. Thank you, Felix. Felix needs to come on the show. Don, you and I have never hung out in person. We've talked on the phone a bunch. We've Isn't podcasted previously. We, we text every now and then. And I feel like you're... Your work and you are the, the person that more people need to know about. I feel like I do so much work in schools all across the country. And I'm always thinking like, hey, do you know Don Wetrick and the work that you um, has started in Indiana and have really taken just all over, the, all over the world? So give us an update on who Don is, what you've done, what you're doing now, and let's just get started there. Oh, um. I, like this is an easy story to talk about where it started. I was on a lunch break. I was a I was a high school teacher at the time. Um, still feel like I am. Um, and it, the the email that said you got to watch this. And I was on a lunch break, and it was a it took me to a TED talk by Daniel Pink. And so I watch it, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. And for those of you that haven't watched it, first of all, your homework assignment is please watch it. 
Um, but, you know, so I was talking about what motivated people and the, it went into detail about what Atlassian had first started. Um, but then more famously, Google made it to their Google time, the the, the 20% model. Um, and gosh, this is this is years ago. This is more than 10 years ago. So I'm like, OK, I, like I should do that. And so my little ADD brain. So I'm 50 years old. So I didn't have the term ADD when I was a child. I'm 99% sure I had it. Um, <laughs> But it's a superpower, by the way. And so I, I, I had my students watch it after the after the lunch break, and they're like, "Okay, what, why are you showing this to us?" I'm like, "What if, what if I give you Friday where you can do whatever you want?" And then, of course, you know, my C and D students are like, "Seriously?" Because I will run with this. My straight A students were like, "You've got to be kidding! That's a horrible idea." Um, so I knew I was onto something because, um, I, you know, I had a class where these C and D students were my easily my most creative, and we can get into that later. But I. I I, I said, well, let's start it this next Friday. And um, it was towards the end of the school year. So that was either a horrible idea to start it in April or the greatest idea because it was a short trial run. But then I had enough success that I went to my principal. I'm like, can I have my own class? And ironically, he said, uh, and, and by the way, I was lucky enough to, to, to dumb luck my way into Dan's uh, Pink's Good Graces. But I, uh, you know, and I asked him, he called into the class and started giving us some advice. And my principal said, well, what are you going to name it? And he goes, you can't start a class on 20%. Actually, there wasn't even, the 20% time wasn't called yet. And he and they jokingly said, if you can find a Daniel Pink course description in the state catalog, I'll approve it. So just like in Dumb and Dumber, I'm like, so you're saying I got a chance. <laughs> but I found something really vague and it, and, and, it, and it launched and I eventually got it approved and, and, and it, we called it innovation and open source learning. Innovation in the sense that you told me, you had to tell me what you would want to work on, a skill you would want to pick up, something you'd want to, some problem you'd see as an opportunity that we didn't give you time in school to do. The open source learning is a lot of the things the kids wanted to work on, I wasn't going to be, I, like, I yeah, I don't know how to do that either. I'm intrigued, but I don't know how to do it. But if there's one superpower that teachers have is we know everybody. Mm -hmm. Like we know everybody. And if you've especially if you've taught for more than five years, you know several hundred people. So long story made short, the uh, like it, it it got out of control how the students were doing amazing things. We were um, the open source learning became then this invite to call the most iconic people you can. And they were starting to call. I mean, it was cool enough that Dan kicked it off, but then all of a sudden other iconic people we were getting back to. And, 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 um, and ironically enough, I was using the frame of reference. There was a chapter in a four hour work week where Tim, uh, Ferris was like, he challenged these college students of like, if you, if you could have you know, 10 minutes with somebody who would be, and he put out this challenge and the kids didn't even try. So I like, put that chapter in front of him and ironically some of the kid goes well let's get let's get tim ferris to call and i was a big fan of tim and i'm like that's not a bad idea so we tried nothing we tried nothing and so we had these three girls that go i got an idea um because i was we were lucky to have a little blue check mark and they're like that's gonna get attention what you should do is you should take a picture of us looking very sad and put hey at t ferris our students are so sad that you're ignoring us. And man, it took like five minutes. He followed, he liked, he DM'd me, said, ha ha, you got me. And that just launched this thing and the class got more notoriety. I was lucky enough then to write um, the book about some of those experiences in the very early years. Mm -hmm. And then now we run this um, huge program and competition uh, for innovation and entrepreneurship. That was a lot of pre-story and not a lot of where we're at now, but I love the pre-story. No, that's, 
No, the, the pre-stories are, are perfect. And I'm just reminded that I need to schedule a, a monthly call with you, just like checking with Don, because I love your energy. You always have so many things going on. <laughs> I feel like my brain is the same way. I have post-it notes and ideas and things that I want to do and books that I want to write and videos and podcasts and people I want to talk to and uh, people like that feed off each other. I'm going to put a put a, um, a bookmark real quick. You said the blue check mark and you said, you know, reaching out to Tim Ferriss and Dan yeah. Pink. The world of social media has changed. Now mm -hmm. the blue check mark means, wait, why do you have a blue check mark? Are you paying, right. you know, are you paying Twitter and all these things? Right. And the world has changed. And I even find myself, you know, who am I connecting with? How am I uh, broadening the people that I learn from? Where are you with that now? I feel like I'm not, I'm yeah. not meeting as many new people as I used to. Um, it's not about getting more followers, but yeah. you know, followers are potential people to connect with and learn from. Yeah. Where is it? Where is it for you? Where are you going to learn to expand to meet new people to have conversations? Uh, just kind of across the board. I think it's a really interesting time. You and I were like at the outset of like the golden years. I I feel like you know somewhat. Oh, yeah, right. Like, but yeah. where is it now? And um, I'm not on TikTok. I, I don't. I'm not. I don't. Yeah, I, don't I, I haven't. I haven't jumped in. What are you? What are you doing, Don? Um. So, man, I don't like the answer I'm about to give. Um. But I'll give it. Um. <laughs> is that number one? I I distinctly remember the day where I'm like I'm done with social media. I, I mean, I still post a little bit, probably more on LinkedIn than any other thing, because everything had to be hyperbolic and polarizing. Um. Every everything would either be well, you must be a flaming liberal that's awful, or you must be one of them Trump supporters, and of which. I'm neither. And like, it just got out of control. I'm like, I'm, I'm done. Like I'm done. And so ironically enough, the work that we were doing was opening us up to this insanely awesome network of people that just wanted to get things done. So ironically enough, more in-person things were happening and that I didn't feel this pressure to do things online because I got tired of the politics of it. And then, and then the thing I don't like about this answer is I started to to build more and more of an audience in relationships, and I hate this, of non-educators. Mm -hmm. What we started falling into is all these people that were, we're, we're a talent pipeline and retention. And, and sometimes I feel like I'm going so against the grain of traditional school that they don't like what I have to say anyway. Mm -hmm. Okay. Ironically enough, one of the first things I like to say when I was speaking more is I'm like, what is the purpose of this building? Why, why the school? And the most cliche and correct answer is to prepare kids for the future. I'm like, great. I'll tell you what employers are looking for. And you tell me if you're doing these. And there'd be some nervous looks and they're like, why did we invite this guy? He's telling things that like, he's saying things that we don't want to hear. Like, this yeah. is really uncomfortable. So like, I, I, I still want to work with more educators, but I started finding out that people like employers, entrepreneurs, innovators that were looking for the talent were more interested in working with us than some schools, mm -hmm. some. There's a lot of other schools, and where this is what we're talking about before we press record, is that we have to lift up those schools that are doing it differently, that are fostering innovation, that are encouraging at minimum um, entrepreneurship. We got to lift them up higher. And so those schools I'm fairly dialed into. The other ones, I, 
I would love to be able to 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 say some nice things, but um, <laughs> they they can't find me on social media as much, and and I'm fine with that. Yeah, I, I, I shouldn't say I'm fine with that. I I, I, <laughs> I feel regretful about saying that. I remember years ago you called me because I had tweeted something that people that one person took completely out of context, and it was like all these positives and all these like, what are you talking about? Blah, 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 blah. And I had friends from over the country like reaching out. Adam, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine. You know, yeah. like it's it's okay. Um, so there is still a place out there, but I am 100% with you. It's those personal calls and it's the podcasts and conversations that um, that I record. So speaking of LinkedIn and just what employers are looking for, I feel like that's where Startup Foundation and also I'm still doing a ton of speaking uh, every week across the country. So I, I'm in schools, I'm talking to teachers and principals and superintendents. And I often will show during my keynote a job description from LinkedIn what companies are looking for. So, hey, here, right here, this is not Adam's philosophy, not Adam and Don's ideas that we just cooked up or like, hey, companies should do this. This is actually what companies are looking for. Here are the salaries. Here are some accounts that you can follow to see what people are doing. So what what can, if you were talking to a superintendent or a school board or like a parent parent group, what would you say that schools could be doing during the school day or if you were talking to parents or if it was 50 50 what could parents be doing you know at home on the weekend in between soccer and everything else to to get their kids ready for the world that they are growing up in too many adults that are in control are still getting and preparing their kids for a world that doesn't exist it's called 1995 and it's 2023 yeah. Big question, Don, but I just served it up. What are you thinking about that? And what could you say? Yeah, so let me let me start off with the what parents can do and then work my way out. What parents can do. First of all, start having dinner with your children again. Man, I sound like uh, Ward Cleaver, but please have conversations. <laughs> um, and, and of those conversations, ask them. Um, next time you hear them complaining about something, say, oh, what would you do to fix it? and I'm not going to pick on this current generation. I'm, I'm going to say adults are absolutely probably worse. People are great about pointing out what sucks in the world. Awesome. What sayest thou? What are you going to do? So the next time your student goes, man, there's nothing to do here on the weekends, man. If I like say that we could round up a thousand dollars, what would you do? It start with that. Like, in a lot of things we do with Started Up Foundation, so like we have this big thing called Innovate Within, it's gigantic competition. And really we say to them like, do not make a pitch for a t-shirt line or a food truck unless you were solving a problem. It's like one year we had a student go, hey, I'm gonna pitch a food truck, but because I've done a data study, I've surveyed people, there's no food trucks in this area that offer Korean barbecue and Korean barbecue is very popular. Blah, blah. Great, you're solving a problem. But we keep saying again and again and again, see a problem as an opportunity. That is our punchline. That is our tagline. That is our mission. That is our vision. See a problem as an opportunity. Because when you do, you turn a part of your brain on to, I'm a victim of this horrible situation to, oh, snap, I could do something about that. And that's, that's, that's everything, which is, gets to me to the point of what employers are looking for. There are some that are going to demand their smoke break. They're going to have these list of demands, what the company should do for them. I'm almost going to quote John Kennedy here in a second. And then there are those that see opportunities for the company. 
So like I'm I'm older. I remember a long time ago there was a lady I I believe may have worked for United Airlines. She had figured out. And by the way, kids, they used to actually serve food on 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 flights. But um, she had realized that if she took the olive out of every salad, it was going to save the airlines like like five hundred thousand dollars. She did not get a five hundred thousand dollar raise. But I'm sure that she was promoted. I'm sure that she was like revered. I'm sure that she got some several promotions. It was like, that is a lady that was looking out for the best interest of everybody, not just the company. And so it's that ability to see a problem as an opportunity that employers are looking for. They are tired of people that are just looking down at their phones that can't communicate. So even though guys like you and I, we sort of like, we talk about the C's and people are rolling their eyes about the cliche. No, it's not cliche. Can you freaking communicate? Can you collaborate with others and not a pair and share sitting next to the person next to you? You can find people that have the skills that you don't have. You can build teams with the things that you don't possess, and that's okay. Well, I'm not good at building this. Find somebody that is. You don't have to know everything. That's the whole point of a team. If you can do that, employers are like, please. Like, there is a talent war going on right now. Yep. And 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 and, and now with the explosion of AI, of like, this is going to... There's a lot of things that AI is going to affect, but calculators didn't kill math. AI is not, AI can be used as a calculator of sorts for making things better, enhanced, sped up, but that raw creative, I can see a problem ahead of time. I'm going to see it as an opportunity. I'm going to own this. And lastly, I'm going to quote my favorite quote ever about education and it is Seth Godin and he said education can be boiled down to two things solving interesting problems in the leadership to get it done mm-hmm. can you solve a problem and do you have the leadership ability to pull people in to get it done yeah one of the biggest things that I still see happening in schools that I think is so counterintuitive to what's happening in the world is just the memorization of things, Don. My daughter was in fifth grade last year and her teacher had them memorize all 50 states and capitals, which I think is a complete waste of time. I told my daughter, don't do it. My wife was like, what are you talking about? Have her do it. She had her flashcards and I'm like, we're still doing flashcards in 2023. So she did it. She memorized all 50. And then you know what though? I'm, I'm patient. I'm a, I'm a former teacher, a former principal, and I'm a dad. I'm patient. So I waited until May and I said, okay, pop quiz. Tell me all 50 states and capitals. She remembered 13. Memorization is not something that is needed in our world. I think that is such a huge misconception <laughs> of what schools should be doing, memorizing things. Give kids a problem to solve. Something really simple. I've seen this years ago, and I used to do it with my staff. If Alexa or Google can answer the questions that we're asking our students, then you as educators and as parents need to be asking them different questions. One of the favorite questions I used to ask staff members when I would interview them was, what's the coolest trip and adventure that you've ever been on? And I just wanted to see like, hey, we were in Thailand, we had 25 bucks and we had to travel across and how did you solve those problems? How did you communicate? To your point, you know, what, uh, what does that look like? What do you think the biggest misconception about school and the pipeline to just life or or the necessity of college and the just the industrial complex of college as a business. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what, what is it? What like what's the biggest misconception about all of that? 
this was one of those times where I was like, I'm glad it's not a video podcast because you saw the look on my face. Um, <laughs> I think the biggest misconception is going to be seen as an absolute uh, blatant truth in, in, in the not too distant future. And actually think about where we've come in the last five years. And this is why, which by the way, let me, let me, let me state without any reservation, because I don't want to be criticized and like, like there is still some need and some, uh, so I'm not throwing everything out with, there should be no universities. I'm not saying that at all, but the, why are you there? Industrial complex is starting to be questioned so much so that I think that we're going to go, wow, what were you thinking? And matter of fact, I'll, to demonstrate this, I'll, I'll do a role play. Your 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 son or daughter has just completed four years of an awesome university in an undescript major, and I'm saying undescript major because there are some majors that are very specific and good for you. You're 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 going to those skills, but um, the person sets down and goes, "Oh, hey, here at Company X, we're really excited to meet some awesome individuals. What skills do you possess? I had a good GPA. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Um." Just as a case, company Y is really on our tail. and We're going to have some fresh new ideas that we really need to stay ahead of the competition. This off the top of your head, what do you think? Um, I had a really good SAT score. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's great. Um, could you think critically for a second on where you think the trends are going and what you think that we should do to adapt? Um. I can write you a really great essay that ChatGPT can write for me. And so, and by the way, I'm, I'm being snarky because this is exactly what I'm being told by a lot of, and, and, I, and I, again, I should say this, the, the people that we spend a lot of our time with are um, without a doubt, innovative tech companies usually. Um, but still, even the people that need, and I'm not being demeaning, but like, even, you know, retail managers are like, can you solve a problem without me telling you exactly what to do? Mm -hmm. So it, it is the ability to problem solve. And so, um, and I'm sure you probably are dialed in too. This is why people like Naval Ravikant, I can listen to this man talk for hours because he's like, if you're not in tune with it and you're not, and if it's not making you think critically, it's a waste of your time. And he says, if you're taking some classes because it's a prereq and you know that you'll never use it in your life, stop. Mm -hmm. Because you have a precious little time and then your capacities. Imagine the time we'd get back as if, in, and again, I'm not throwing all classes out, but that five and a half, six hours that you're in school, if at least two of those hours were like, hey, work on a project that you really feel compelled to work on. That time capacity, because you'd be working with the community, you'd be talking to your local mayor, you'd be able to connect the community, you'd be able to problem solve in real time. Like that's not done. Yeah. Like that's not done. And well, I should, it's not done by enough schools. And um, so that was a really roundabout way of saying academia for the sake of academia is dangerously irrelevant at best. And there are definitely some skills that you need in academia to make sure that you can problem solve. But I hear time and time again, we can teach the skill set at our, at our jobs. We cannot teach a mindset. We cannot teach collaboration. We cannot teach attitude. We need more time for that. Well, 
having kids solve problems is to me the ultimate form of differentiation because every student, all 30, all 120 that you have, they're all at different levels and they can all take their problems in different ways. And they're not all just filling out the worksheet that everybody gets the same worksheet or they're reading the same book and everybody's at a different reading level. Um, it just, it just makes sense. Don choose one person alive or dead to spend the day with who is not a family member, who would it be and why? I'm probably just going to have recency bias because there's too many people, but here recently, and again, use the word recently, Naval Ravikant, that, that guy is, he is a philosopher. He is an investing hero. He is an entrepreneur, but most of all, he is well-read and he is level-headed. He was doing a podcast not too long ago, and it wasn't even his quote as Confucius, but he was talking about the fact that now that he's entering his very late 40s. He said, um, and I, like I stopped in my tracks when he said this, because this is, this is me right now. He said, um, all people live two lives. And the second life begins when they fully realize they have one. <laughs> that has stuck with me. Adam, I'm so happy right now. I can't stand it. And, and I genuinely mean that. My, my three children, I, I have one that has graduated from college. I have one that's a freshman in college. I have another one in eighth grade. Their health is great. My marriage is, is I, like, I adore Alicia. We've been together since we've been 16. We weren't married at 16, but you know. Um, and, and, and this, <laughs> you do this, live in Indiana. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> sorry, hey, sorry. Come on, come on. <laughs> but um, like the, the, the mission that I'm on is what I want to do. And I feel fulfilled by that. But I also have this thing, this this sadness in my heart when I see people go through life and they're not doing what they want. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to share that without seeing condescending. And, and then I'll, also, like, I'll, 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 I'll throw that back on you. I like the fact that you promote this runner's high and this a brain capacity you have when you're in movement. So I've seen some people go, well, you're shaming me that I don't run. You're like, no, I'm sharing a joy with you mm -hmm. that if you tried it, you may like it. Now, I'm not a runner. I walk a lot. But like, it's that because I'm enjoying something and I have these thoughts, I just want to share it with others. And it's not a, a, a disrespect to you. It, anyway, I'm sorry. I'm off topic. Naval Ravikant. But I just... Yeah, I, I I love the fact that that man can put things in perspective and it always makes me think I will listen to him or read him five sentences, a paragraph and then have to think about it for half an hour. Yeah, that's a good place to be Don. A huge part of this podcast is just amplifying the voices of my guests. So I'm just going to pass the microphone over to you to close us out. What do you want to say to all the people that listen to this podcast? Sure. Um, start at up foundation.org is where you can find stuff about us. Um, we have a huge event coming up, um, in June. If you want to check that out, uh, you can follow me on LinkedIn. Uh, but most importantly, um, we're just, we're going to be expanding now to other States. Um, so if you are a political leader, uh, that usually helps, um, whether that be, uh, someone tied to a mayor's office or our governor's office. Um, but our, our mission is, is pretty simple. Getting students to see a problem is an opportunity. Um, which some people call entrepreneurship. We do not believe that every child should be an entrepreneur. Five to 10% people are, 
But we think that that ability to think like them, the ability to see a problem, to be able to see an opportunity ahead of time is crucial for our students. And if you think that resonates with you, please connect with me on LinkedIn, Don Wetrick. You can find me there. Don Wetrick, founder, CEO, Start Ed Foundation. Make sure you go to, go to Amazon. Check out uh, Don's book, Pure Genius, Building a Culture of Innovation and Taking 20% Time to Did the Next Level. Long. August of 2014, man. That was like almost 10 years ago yeah. that that book came out. Um, super awesome. Again, shout out to DBC Burgess uh, for the first non-Dave book that they published and uh, so many more uh, so many more since then. Don, Man, I texted you the other day. Hey, dude, I want to have you on the podcast. You said, let's do it. Thanks for always being up for it. I'm going to be in Indiana this summer. I'm going to text you after the show. We have to connect uh, in person because, uh, like you said, man, social media is like the match.com of the world. <laughs> That's where you meet people. And then yeah. you take that relationship and that thinking and that connection to the next sure. level uh, with people. So, uh, so much love for you, dude. Don Wetrick, everywhere on social media, everybody listening, thank you for all that you do. And I hope that you have an absolutely amazing day.